From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And we launched our 24th year here on the air. And we appreciate everybody who has helped us along the way, including you, especially the listeners. Thanks for all your support over the years. And, of course, our wonderful guests, including uh, our current guest, Father Michael Kiernan, who joins us by phone. Father, good day to you. Good day to you, uh, Bob, and all your listeners on this uh Lovely day, as you say, the Lord has made. Well, as I, yes, it is indeed the, the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I tell my kids that every morning. I tell myself that every morning. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so you've just completed what I will call the first 50 years of your ministry, and now you're launching the second 50 years. And I'm, 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 feel terrible that I was unable to uh, attend any of the, the great celebrations because we, we, have, we had c- so many graduations going on in our family, they conflicted with your dates. Well, don't worry yourself, Bob, because uh, you're not the first, but you're among the first, actually, to be invited to my 75th. Oh, very good. <laughs> so could you put that on the calendar, please, and not have any conflicts that time? That will be June the 3rd of 2028. 75th. Yeah. Oh, 75th. I said 55th. Okay. Yeah. 75th. 75th. That would be yeah. uh, 2048. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put yeah. That on your yeah. Calendar and do not let anything get in the way of that. I will, I will get that on the calendar right away because my calendar Next is. will be tolerated for that. Yeah, the, you know, for the next 23 years, my calendar is full, but 25 years, I think I can squeeze you in. Yeah. So, uh, Which means that you then have an obligation not to die during that time. <laughs> That's right. I think there's an eclipse. <laughs> I think there's an eclipse that day in North America as well. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes that day, but that's your next uh, big uh, assignment now. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. Well, the first 50 years, talk, first talk just a little bit about the celebrations. I know they had it up, up in Anderson, had it here at OLA. Uh, did you get home? Did you, did you get home to Ireland to celebrate? Oh, I did, actually. And the amazing thing about that was that uh, the 10 days that I was there, it was just California weather from the moment I walked in off the plane till I walked back on it. I didn't see even a thread of rain, let alone uh, have rain. And so it was beautiful weather, and uh, my family, what we decided to do is to uh, all come together in the, more or less in the old home place where, in the area where I was born, and in the local church. And so we had meals and masses, and um, we invited a lot of people that we had known, um, and some of whom I hadn't met, actually, since I was ordained. Uh, wow. Uh, many who were at the ordination. And uh, the only uh, little bit disturbing part of it was that I don't know where they came from or how they got like that, but there was all these old people there that I couldn't relate to. Uh, it's am- I mean, it's I don't amazing, know where they, isn't how they got to be like that. They, some of them, you know, were bald, and some of them, you know, just <laughs> overweight. And, and I was to myself, but, gee, I can't, I can't understand, I can't figure out who these people are. <laughs> That's, that's funny. I, I had. You probably had that experience at a reunion once in a while. I, I, did, I did. You know, I, I, I actually got, I, I got asked to speak to a, a reunion. It wasn't my reunion, but it was a reunion of uh, a football team that had won some big championship, and and I had covered it at the time. You know, and it was about forty years ago, and but the this event just happened you know within the last year and they were all getting together and uh, down in Moraga and and I came down there to to speak and the one guy greets me and tells me his name and I remember him as this dynamic quarterback and I thought no this isn't the same guy and then and then I go in and and it's 
and I'm going, where are the football players? I expected them to, st- <laughs> you know, where, where are they? You know, and, and it was, and, uh, the the really funny part about it is uh, as we're driving back home, my wife and I, my, my Shelley came with me. Uh, is uh, those guys were all younger than I am, so <laughs> they they had to be looking at me, going, "Well, where's Bob Dunning? I, where is he?" Yeah, I thought he was coming here. <laughs> That old guy over in the corner there. Yeah, it's very, it's it's it is very strange how how uh, you, especially as you say somebody that you haven't seen for fifty years, uh, you expect them to look like they did fifty years ago. Yeah, because that's the only memory you have of them. By the way, somebody told me that whenever you have a situation like that. Take a good look at the eyes because the eyes don't change that much as a person. Oh, that's true. That's a, but I've I've found thing. even even better take a good look at the name tag. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that assumes that you're able to see right. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's hard because you know this is somebody that maybe you played a sport with or you sat next to in a class or maybe it was in your fraternity or whatever it was, and and. It's real hard to glance at their name tag without them knowing you're glancing at their name tag, that, mm-hmm. which is admission that you can't remember who they are. <laughs> Indeed. As if they could remember you. <laughs> yeah, they remembered you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, well, some people you don't have are blessed with the ability to remember names. And I know Father Leo McAllister, the right. OLA for so long, he just had the gift of everybody's name. And so at that particular time, they had a sort of a, it was a practice a little bit of uh, saying uh, the person's name when you gave them communion. Oh, wow. And he could do that. And he would uh, come along and say, uh, you know, the uh, body of Christ Mary, the body of Christ Joe, the body of Christ right. Peter. <laughs> and he's just seeing them in line there, and uh, which was particularly <clears throat> amazing. But anyway... Um, some people have that gift, and, and people love that, actually. If you happen to be blessed with it, uh, people love the, being called by their name. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and so on, but not everybody can do that, uh, but some people can, yeah. So, yeah, it was a wonderful time, Bob, and uh, listeners. Uh, it was um, a great occasion to be with people. Uh, I found it certainly also an opportunity to sort of evaluate my life, uh, not in a morbid way or anything like that, but, you know, uh, all uh, joking aside, uh, uh, you know, when you come to a situation where you've been 50 years a priest, uh, that's a lot, and uh, one has gone through a lot and seen a lot and uh, the ups and downs of it and, uh, you know, the successes and the failures and the uh, weaknesses and faults and uh, strengths and all that. So it's a good, uh, I found it, uh, you know, a joyful time, but also a good time to sort of uh, evaluate and uh, you know, see what God has done in my life and thank God for what he has done. And, uh, the, you know, the, the readings that we've been having fairly recently of uh, uh, of Joseph in, uh, in Exodus, uh, or in, uh, you know, in Egypt and all that, and Mm-hmm. He'd been yeah, sent there, you know, sold by his brothers, and then going to Egypt and making it big there with the king, and uh, being there to pr- provide uh, food for the nations and so on, including his own people. So the providence of God, and so I, I've been looking at that a little bit, and uh, it's also it's. Uh, uh, I think it's important for all of us as Christians, uh, especially you know, and as faith people, to. Uh, Look at our lives, and uh, again, and not to be morbid or concerned with death or some of that, but still, on the other end, that one's life is moving in a certain direction uh, to uh, the end, to life, to heaven. And I think that uh, you know, sometimes we can. There's always a danger that we can go through uh, life um, not to thinking of those things. And again, I don't think we have to beat up on ourselves or preoccupy ourselves with it, but certainly to uh, use uh, 
time that God has given us to say, uh, how am I doing? And uh, Lord, uh, there's some other things now you want me to do at this stage of my life. Uh, and uh, look back and, and ask uh, forgiveness and also then uh, ask for strength for the future. So I found it to be a wonderful, joyful time of family and friends, uh, but also a spiritual uh, renewal and uh, thinking of saying Mass the first time and now saying Mass on that particular Sunday, June 3rd, as it was, uh, for the, I don't know, maybe many thousand times. I, I I was just trying to figure out the other day how many Masses I may have celebrated, but I, I've been very involved with celebrating Masses, uh, you know, quite often, two a day a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and uh, then sometimes three on occasion, uh, if had an emergency situation, uh, four on, on a weekend or five on a weekend, sometimes depending between Saturday and Sunday, maybe throw in a wedding, you know. So, I mean, I, if you multiply uh, 50 uh, years uh, every day and so on, if you were even to go with an average of two. So, uh, thinking of Mass there and the beauty of that and the gift of God and God's generosity to me and putting up with me uh, all my faults and failings and people too, being so good. So, in that sense, it's been a, uh, you know, it's different than maybe even a, a secular thing of uh, celebrating, you know, a football success or even retiring from a job. But uh, there's a whole spiritual dimension that uh, comes into this for me and for the people around me in those celebrations. So it was a blessed time, yeah. Father, I've got you down for 36,500 masses. At two a day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. So uh, it is. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, um, been a blessing, and uh, and again, um, I think there was a statement of uh, uh, Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Now, I had that something about um, in. Encouraging priests uh, uh, to uh, celebrate Mass as this was your first Mass, your only Mass, your last Mass. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, again, when it looks back and being called to ministry and priesthood and service and so on, uh, uh, later on today I'll be going out uh, to... Uh, a lady that I've known for a long time. Uh, her and her husband have been great friends of mine. Uh, she's now in hospice and coming to the end of her life. So again, uh, the sacraments and uh, you know, marriages, um, funerals, anointings, and I mean, I have no idea at all of <laughs> the number of confessions, uh, but that's 36,000 probably that wouldn't that wouldn't cover it. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't because you're not uh, you're not hearing just one or two on a Saturday or whenever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, if you count, uh, you, you could probably average out maybe three or four a day over those years. Let them so blessings there, Bob, of uh, uh, from God, and uh, you know, you always think of uh, how unworthy one is of this great blessing even to well, celebrate Mass and then, of course, to receive body and blood uh, consistently and also the great blessing of being part of people's lives and the gift to people. And, and that was something that came out in the various celebrations, you know, just uh, the goodness of people and uh, uh, the generosity of people and the love of people. And and uh, I know these are difficult times for the Church and dealing now with our own diocese with the pending concerns of abuse uh, problems and mm-hmm. all of that. But, uh, you know, my own experience has been that our people are very wonderful and they're able to uh, separate these things and uh, uh, in a faith dimension uh, be able to uh, be very loving and kind to uh, and that's been a certainly experience I've had of, as a priest of, uh, you know, that generally speaking in a parish, if you 
make a genuine effort. It doesn't mean you have to be a genius or you're no genius or you're no expert in everything, but you make a genuine effort with people, they'll, in fact, sometimes they'll do more than you even ask them to do and uh, because they love the church and they want things to succeed and if part of is listening to them and working with them and involved with the committees and all of that, uh, then, you know, 99% of the people will be jumping up and down to help you. No, that's 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 really true. You know, and you, as you say, the, the, it's a great time. Uh, Fifty is just a, it's just a number, and it's just another day. But it's a great time to to reflect, and I, I find myself doing doing that a lot, uh, trying to have a a one on one with the good Lord and say, okay, um, we're we're doing this, and we're doing this, and we're doing this, and um, but. Is there, you know, is there something else you want me to do? You know, is there another direction you want me to go? Uh, you know, I'm still here, so I figure there's a reason. Well, there's that, and as Sister Eileen Enright put it very beautifully one time, uh, you know, our later years are a time for being almost more than doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, you know, when we're younger, in 30s and 40s and stuff, you know, you know, you have to prove yourself and achieve and all of that, and uh, it's good to continue that, of course, throughout one's life to do good things. But on the other hand, at, uh, I think at some particular time, uh, one begins to see that uh, things and possessions and even position and opportunities and stuff, that those are all good, and if used well, uh, that's fine. But uh, to... Uh, the, uh, the, the whole spiritual thing and relationship, as you say, talking to the good Lord and more prayer time and more uh, meditation and uh, maybe a few more bits of charity here and there and uh, just giving oneself more to what can I do to uh, build up Christ's church and so on. Those are things that uh, I think uh, in some ways we get better at um, in some ways more free as we get older, too, uh, in that um, almost more comfortable with oneself. Uh, remember my great, great friend, uh, Pete Walsh, out in uh, Our Lady of Assumption, uh, said one time in a very beautiful phrase that as we get older, all we have is all we need. <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's true. You know, it's, it's, you know, you look at um, I, I just you look at all the things that that you can strive for, and uh, it, it they don't matter. Yeah, the, the the older you get, the, the 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 more you realize that none of the material things matter at all. You know, it's it's uh, as as Jesus said to the disciples to go out and you know and convert the world. You have what you need. You don't have to pack an extra sandwich, if you will. You already have what you need to do the Lord's work. I think that's a profound thing, and actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a story told of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, as he was called, uh, the greatest of the theologians. Uh, but he had a vision of uh, Jesus uh, towards the end of his life, that he was praying in the church, and uh, the Lord came to him and said, uh, Thomas, you have done all sorts of wonderful things uh, for me um, over the years. Uh, what should be your reward? Hmm. And Thomas looked at him and he said, Only you, Lord, only you. Hmm. That is my total reward. Wow. So I think that's maybe something that... Uh, uh, because obviously we have God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and obviously receive the Eucharist on a regular basis and the opportunity for confession when we need it. Uh, I mean, you're, you're totally wealthy then. You, you've got, you know, you're better off than the King of England if you have all that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it is it is just so so interesting to to think of, of <laughs> especially when you're younger all the things that you think are going to make you happy and and not realizing um there's 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 one sure route to happiness and that's that's through uh, Jesus Christ and God and our faith and um, that's gonna that's gonna sustain us in everything and and lead to our everlasting happiness. I think of all the people uh, you wouldn't have sort of expected, but Benjamin Franklin uh, made the famous statement that uh, a man is rich in proportion to the things he can live without. Oh wow! And it ties in what you're just saying there that you know again uh, like uh, you know I always like to see you and your lovely wife and your family, and and I think to myself, well, that's a wealthy man, that Gunning, you know, he's mm-hmm. got, uh, he's got these beautiful children, he's got, they're, they're all doing well, uh, you know, he's, you have a good job, of course, and you do great work for the church and what you do, but, but just the family and faith, and we've talked about that before in these shows, uh, of your experience of faith in different ways, and so, again, uh, uh, truth of, uh, of that and the value of that. Uh, there's an old saying that no one ever said on his deathbed, I wish I had best spent more time at the office. Yeah. <laughs> you always say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family, with my wife, with my children. And again, I think as we get older, that can be a salutary thing to uh, think about. Am I really uh, putting my focus on the things that are of value or I mean the office has its place when you have a job and you need to do it right and of course we all have responsibility but uh, certainly uh, you see people who uh, uh, drive themselves into bad health or mess up their marriages or whatever it is because they are 24 7 uh, workaholics and the office is their life and and they succeeding and getting and you know making a living and maybe wanting things and wanting promotions and so on. All of those which are good in their own way, but um, uh, to let them uh, overrun one, uh, that's a disaster. Well, and you know, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate the way that uh, society seems to, uh, to work in that when you're young and newly married and uh, very young children uh, is the same time you're trying to get ahead in your occupation and, you know, volunteering to work extra hours or, or mm-hmm. you know, doing, doing what you can to, to climb the, the, the employment ladder at the very time that your children and, and spouse and family need you the most. Well, except that I suppose, again, if one has the proper uh, attitudes to it and, uh, you know, uh, one, uh, I think one can do both in the sense that uh, uh, attitude is everything in some ways. And uh, yep. I think the way we spend time with spouse or spend time with uh, uh, children, uh, I know one couple, uh, he's dead now, but she's still alive and she's at my 50th up in Anderson, but they had a, uh, a deal where even when their children were quite young and they continued all their life, they had a Friday night date to go out to dinner, just the two of them, mm-hmm. husband and wife. They figured out some way, and it was a beautiful thing, and you know there's nothing that children love more than this. I mean, of course, they joke and laugh about it and make fun of it, there's nothing more they love more than to see their parents in love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And spending time with each other and being good. Because that's security for me. If I'm, if you're my father and he's my mother, then I'm saying to myself, this is a good deal. I mean, these guys, uh, they're going to be around next year and the year after and the year after yep. and so on. And, and you, know, you see all the breakups and stuff. And, and it looks like mom and pa here are going to be here for me all the time. Good, yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, nothing could be more terrifying to a child than to fear that his, their parents are going to split. Yeah. 
I, I don't think anything could be more terrifying. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're exactly right. To, for the kids to see their parents uh, truly in love and having fun with each other and, and, and being happy around each other, um, that's, uh, that's gold. And I think that uh, you can still do uh, a lot of the, you know dedicated work and hard work and and uh, move along. I mean, we've had wonderful people that I know, doctors and teachers and police and judges and you know all sorts of people in different professions. Uh, but uh, obviously, there has to be a balance. And I think if we have the right relationship again with God, uh, that um, sort of a an inbuilt barometer that we'll have, as you know. When I'm overdoing it here, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not in balance. I'm out of balance. I'm spending too much time with this or that, uh, whether it be sports or whatever. And I'm not. But again, of course, with kids, uh, quality time. And as I see you, you bring your children to a lot of events with mm-hmm. you, even when they were smaller. And so that again is, is a way of doing it. There's, one has to be creative and uh, figure out. To, what works for me, but again, if the children know that you want them involved, uh, that in itself is uh, both loving and also, of course, it's education for them because then they're seeing things and out and about and involved, and and uh, it has all sorts of uh, good effects. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's something that we've endeavored to do. Not not as a this is what we're going to do, just because we we enjoy bringing the kids. Uh, like you say, even when they were littler, and and uh, it wasn't a rule. It was just like, if 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 the kids could possibly come, let's take them. You know, um, let's include them because yeah. they're gonna they're really gonna get something out of it. Uh, uh, you know, even uh, uh, coming to the uh, a four year old coming to the Saint Vincent de Paul dinner for the poor. You know. They get a lot out of it. They they hear the speaker and they see the people and they meet people and they they uh, they go that was interesting what that person said. Explain what it meant. You know, um, they it, it really it makes you more of a, a, a closer family, but it also it really broadens their horizons. Well, that and then a little prayer. You know, obviously going to church, going to mass, and yep. Do prayers at home, uh, whether it be long or short, but uh, again, the understanding that children have that parents uh, believe and are putting their belief into practice, and then a little bit of uh, live that day to day in the house. And uh, if something goes wrong and there's a big uh, uh, issue or something comes up, that uh, one can in some way uh, deal with it in a Christian way. And in a faith way, and I think that can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. If if the kids sense that mom and dad don't buy it, they're not going to buy it either. <laughs> so, oh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so important. I mean, it, it, as simple as in this hurried world where kids have soccer practice and choir practice and everything else, um, or just want to go out with their friends, and you're eating a quick meal that. That we're going to stop. We're going to say grace. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to shame anybody because you started to take a bite of your sandwich before you said grace. But hey, let's let's say grace. You know, like, mm-hmm. and everybody pauses and like, yeah, oh yeah, let's say grace. And it just it's just a reminder that that we 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 believe this. We believe this. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad believe this, and 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 they know it. And and. As a result, they believe it. Indeed, beautiful, yeah. Well, Father, it's it's uh, it's an honor to uh, be interviewing you as you begin your second fifty years. Yes, I'm a month into it now, and uh, we're good to go here, and just keep on going and uh, see what the Lord has in mind, and uh, just be open to whatever. God wants as best I can with, you know, as Lord gives me strength and help, uh, and uh, who knows uh, what the future holds anyway, but uh, please God, um, keep on doing as best I can uh, in the words of uh, uh, 
Saint John Paul II they used to say to serve up to the very end. Yep. Yeah, I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. So I, I remember uh, Father Sylvester McDermott used to say, "I'm going to die with my boots on." much for being being uh, on this program and being a regular on this program and uh, uh, thanks for all you do and uh, continue to do and we'll look forward to our paths crossing again real soon well anytime Bob like to be with you and your uh, uh, listeners today and I finished up my talk the other day with a little prayer from St. John Henry Newman it sort of tied in with the things I was saying earlier about evaluating one's life and seeing where, where God has done. And so maybe if I could uh, conclude uh, with this prayer from the great English saint, uh, might be uh, something for all of our uh, people to look at and to place our lives uh, in the that providence would, of God. That would be wonderful. So St. John Henry Newman prayed, O Lord, support us all the day long in this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then in your mercy grant us a safe lodging, a holy rest, and peace at the last. Amen. Yeah, perfectly put. And God bless you all on this beautiful day, and in these, uh, even in these uh, summer hot days, uh, well, be blessed in every way. God bless you too, Father. Thanks so much, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Anytime. Thanks, Thank Father. Bye. That's uh, Father Michael Kiernan, and he just, on June the 3rd, uh, was 50th anniversary of his ordination. That's, uh, um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town, uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento, who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, for that wonderful introduction and all the great work you do here at the Diocese of Sacramento. We had a chance to sit down with Superintendent of Schools, the Director of our Catholic Schools, uh, Katie Parada, and we're going to bring you that interview now. The Bishop's Hour, and we're pleased to welcome in person... Katie Parada, the superintendent of schools, the director of Cat. What, what I, I have no, I, there's have, so many titles. There's so many titles. <laughs> the boss. Yeah. <laughs> the capital B. Uh, yes. Pretty much. Is joining us. And we were just talking. Seems like school just got out. You had yes. graduations. You had all this stuff. And boom, you, you have your first teacher's meeting like the 1st of August? Yes. Uh, it's just we even have our new teacher orientation um, the 31st, so July 31st. So it's just, it's yes, I know. I was thinking, oh, you know, finally, it's just when you take a breath and then you turn around and you're, we're back at it, yeah. you know. And we really encourage our principals to take July off, Um you know, and not, none of them actually take it off, off, but, yeah. you know, like get away, step away, unplug, like actually put out right. of office on your email, you know, um, because really, truly, it's the only time that they can step away. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was just wrapping up with a few of them with some things in um, the end of June. And then here we are, like mid-July. Yes, I just can't believe it. And school actually starts mid-August? Yeah, it'll start mid-August. Yes, wow. yes. But we, I mean, I, you know, all of our teachers and our principals they're just back early just to prepare and yeah get everything ready for that first day of new kids wow and yeah you have 
how many, 35 elementary schools? Yeah, 35, yeah. Um, and we have, we'll have our new teacher orientation um, at the end of July. We'll have 50, a little over 50 brand new teachers um, to our diocese. So that's always really exciting. Um, and we will have four new principals this year. And is that sort of normal attrition? Yeah, that's pretty normal. I was joking this past year because last year we had quite a few principals retire. Um, and so last year over summer, we were hiring for, I think, 13. I had 13 new principals wow. last year. Yes, in the elementary schools. So this year we were saying, oh, we only have four, you know, praise the Lord. (laughs) That was, it was great news. So we were really fortunate. um, So what do you look for in a principal? How do you, you know, obviously you'll get a lot of candidates. How how do you, yeah, looking for? I think that's a great question. The very first thing um, is that, you know, we're so focused on hiring for mission. I think that there's so much that you can teach um, a, a new principal, mm-hmm. you know, on the administrative side and how to be a good communicator. Um, but what you can't really teach are those just innate behaviors, you know, of, of being mission driven and faith focused and, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that just has to come first, um, right. you know, in our Catholic schools. And so we really look for that. And then obviously, you know, we look for all of the other things, like a good communicator. And sure. <laughs> so is there you know. training for somebody? Uh, presumably they, if they haven't been a principal, they're coming from the teaching ranks. Sure. Uh, maybe in this diocese, maybe not. Sure. Could even be coming from the public school system. Yeah. Is there a training for principals? There is. I mean, there's obviously some professional programs, and there are Catholic school programs out there for administration. Um, And then we also do in-house leadership training as well. So especially, you know, we like to look and identify, you know, teacher leaders and really kind of build that pool within. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do that through our leadership training program, Leadership Academy. And, you know, and some teachers, um, while they love the training program, they also realize, you know, during that discernment process, I absolutely don't want to be a principal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is way too much work. <laughs> do, do you have you any know? principals that still teach? Yeah, we have a couple teaching principals, um, which is which is amazing to see. I mean, the just, you know, the amount that a principal has on their plate yeah. and then to step away and take off that administrative hat and step into the classroom and be a classroom teacher. I mean, it's like doing two full-time jobs. Um you know, it's pretty incredible. But we have very few, but we have still, yeah. Uh, I always thought when I was a kid going to school that and I went to just public schools, but I, I always thought that the principal was just sitting in the office waiting for someone to send me to the office. Right. And that was her whole job. <laughs> I kind of thought that too. Uh, it is. I do have a funny principal story about that of just – the first, my you first, were a principal. yes, because yeah. I was a principal and I obviously it was a teacher before I was a principal. And, and the very first day of school as a brand new principal is so exciting. And the first day of school is so exciting, regardless of, you know, whether, what role you play. Uh, however, you know, when you, you celebrate with mass and, you know, you give your big welcome speech and it's so happy. And then once everyone though goes to their classroom and gets settled with their teacher and whatnot. I took a step back and was kind of like went to my principal office and then kind mm-hmm. of had that feeling of uh-huh. what do I do now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't have kids in my classroom. Yeah. I don't yeah. have chaos. I don't have, yeah. you know, uh, like, you know, icebreakers, whatever, you know, whatever the case is on the very first day, I just kind of sat there for a minute and took a breath and I was like, okay, like now what? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean, but then, then I quickly learned there's, so what happens? I mean, what, 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 does a principal do? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a ton of different facets. Um, you know, operational vitality of administration. You know, when we look at that, um, we're really looking at advancement and development, um, marketing. You know, mm-hmm. things for things of that nature for the school. Right. Um, there's governance of and leadership of you know developing your leadership team and your parent groups and you know focusing on fundraising and building teacher leaders within and um you know there's accreditation 
and that goes along with academic excellence and reviewing your student scores. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, my personal favorite part of being a principal was really the coaching and mentoring Uh aspect of that and really working alongside teachers and then partnering with parents and ensuring that every single student, you know, um, had exactly what they need in terms of resources and support so that they could be successful. So is fundraising a part of a principal's job? Um, I like to think of fundraising as an absolute necessity for a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Um, And the role that the principal plays in that, I think, varies. Uh, That is something that, yes, a a principal ultimately is in charge of every aspect of their school. But but we do have a lot of great support in place. So we have, you know, parent teacher groups and we have CSACs and we, we have different, you know, groups of parents that really volunteer their time, but, but talent, in, in treasure. elementary school probably won't have a development officer or anything. That, no, we, we don't. We do yeah. not have a development office. Nothing like a high school like has. Like a high school would. Right. Yeah. We do have advancement directors in our element, in our Catholic elementary schools, which are great. Right. Um, some are full-time, some are part-time, some we share between schools. Right. Right. We definitely realized in the last, um, you know, in the in the last few years, how important advancement work is, um, and how important it was to help take that off of a principal's plate. Right. None of us went to school for PR or exactly. marketing or right. You know, advertising. You know. So while we're really good, maybe really good at making flyers and brochures, yes, (laughs) this day and age, that won't cut it. (laughs) So you still are hiring? Yeah, we're still hiring. Yes, uh, absolutely. We still have some open positions. I have a credential. It's time to come back. (laughs) I never taught. Well, no, I did. I taught at City College. Oh, okay. What did you teach? Journalism. Oh. And law. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Gosh, what made you want to teach law? Uh, it was just, it was part of my, my oh. credential said I could. <laughs> and so they were, <laughs> and they... so they said, well, you're teaching law. You know, it was not like, Hey, I'll yeah. teach law. So you got voluntold. <laughs> yeah. 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 Voluntold. That's good. <laughs> and I like how it's, you know, you see something like, Oh, I can teach English language arts on the right. And you're also going to teach this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of look at your, you know, your schooling uh-huh. and then they say, well, you're actually credentialed to teach x y and z yes you know and we actually need x y and z taught and you're thinking i i don't know how to yeah i actually was teaching english too and i'm going i don't know how to i hate english i mean the subject (laughs) yes Uh, you know even though i'm a writer i hate it you know (laughs) i don't know a verb from a noun uh, yeah, it's that that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, you know, just, you're teaching English, like diagramming sentences and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So did you did you know what you were doing when you accepted that job? Well, I thought it was, it was going to be mostly journalism, which 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 was you know being the the advisor to the to the school paper. Oh, okay. You know, oh, that's and, fun. And, and so that's sort of like being an editor. Yeah, that's something I've done. You know, and so that was really fun, but. To fill out the whole schedule, yeah. especially at a community college, you know, you, you know, it's not like at a university where, well, this semester I'm just writing a book, or, sure, or I'm doing research, or no, at a community college you're teaching, you know, it's well, like like you are yeah. in an elementary school or sure. high school, you know, yeah. you're a teacher, and so the you know, okay, you're the, you're being the the uh, advisor to the student paper is half time, and then these other things will make you full time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Law, <laughs> English. <laughs> were you at home at night, like trying to learn whatever you oh, were going to teach oh, the next yeah. day? Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I remember later, just in, I just got went back into journalism full time. You know, because all, I love teaching journalism, but I wanted to go with the students because they were they were going off into jobs. Oh, you know, I and, bet. You know, and it was, but. I remember uh, uh, they called me and said, we, we just have a night class we need taught. You know, can we bring you back to teach a night class? And I went and talked to them, and I thought, okay, this, this, I think I can work this into my schedule. And they said, well, okay, here's the room. There's the TV camera, and you don't have any students. You, it's just it's oh. all remote. This was way pre-COVID. Wow. It was, it was, it was for people that it was just at the starting of the where we're internet and all yeah, this kind of people. online education exactly and and i said what 
because the whole thing to me about teaching was interacting with oh yes and you feed off that energy i'm going to sit here from seven to nine at night and talk for two (laughs) hours to nobody to people it was not zoom where you could actually see people and people could respond yeah i i i said i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) can you i can't even imagine i I couldn't imagine because there's no even check for understanding like is everyone still with me yeah did anybody laugh at my joke yeah (laughs) (laughs) is everyone still awake Uh, yeah i i i I couldn't have done it for two hours once no less twice a week for a, a semester no two hours is a long time Two minutes I mean, without an audience is oh, a long yes, time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, ra- radio's hard enough because yes. you're not aware of an audience. Sure. Where, uh, whereas, uh, you know, when you're doing something live in front of an, uh, a classroom. Yes. And and you can see, you know, and you get a, a dialogue going. Yes. And, and people are volunteering stuff. Then, then it's really, it's fun yes. and it's interesting and you're not looking at the clock or, or oh, anything yeah. else. But... Just, yeah, I don't know how people do that. I mean, uh, I, yeah. Arizona State has a huge. Well, you went to Arizona. Yeah, State. They, have they have a, a huge, huge online. Pro- oh, program. they have a huge program De- it's now. A degree program. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty they're, incredible. They're like the gold standard, in fact, for, yes. for online learning. Yes, uh, and it's it's yes, and it's definitely grown, and it's and I mean, I think the you know the benefit is that anyone can go anywhere. You exactly. know. Um, so I, I do think that there are so many benefits. And yeah. thank goodness we've come a long way since right. your, you know, first go at it of talking to the TV for two hours. Well, that's a, yeah. I, you kind of know what you can do. I mean, sometimes you like to take a challenge and, and do something. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, like last fall I got asked to do, I was doing a lot of uh, ESPN Plus for baseball and football and basketball. Oh, okay. They said, we need somebody to do color on soccer. And I'm like, there's no scoring in soccer. <laughs> what do you talk about? And I, I, I remember going home and saying to my wife, this is comical because it's not one of my sports, you know. And, and I talked to the play-by-play guy, and he'd never done soccer either. And we're both like, this is impossible. <laughs> and then I said, let's do it. So did you do and it? I did it. Oh, oh did, I need to look this up. Men's soccer for UC Davis and okay. women's soccer. And I what I did was is I I because they archive all that stuff, I went to college soccer games and 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 I listened to what they did and I thought is the color commentator saying anything that I couldn't say? Like, wow, that was a great kick. Right, right. You know, yeah. Or is he doing a lot of technical stuff that I don't know about? Because they can only read so much. Definitely. You can only do so much homework. You eventually learn the rules. So you, if the ball goes in the net, it's a, it's yeah, a goal. Yeah, it's real, you <laughs> yeah. should be really excited. But, but so, yeah, it's <laughs> goal. You know, but, but, you know, six times out of seven, the ball goes in the net, and you think it's a goal, and everybody knows that somebody was offside. Yes, and I'm going, what's offside? <laughs> I know what offside is in football. I don't know what offside is in But it turned out being really fun. And and it was I was sort of proud of myself. Yeah, for, good for you. For, instead of just saying, no, I don't know anything about soccer, went ahead and did it. And it Love turned, that. turned out being great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I also need to look one of those up so I can listen to it. Oh, yeah. 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 And, I, and I like soccer. I really like watching soccer. It's fun. Soccer's really fun. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was, and those people are in such great shape. Oh, every they time I see a running. soccer group, yeah, <laughs> I and just running think, and running. Gosh, there's so much running. Sometimes I think yeah. my knees are hurting. Like, watching yeah, and run. the and the the uh, the injuries. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. If somebody runs by you and breathes, they go down and, <laughs> and they're holding their. It's almost know. yes. It's almost as if did they take a drama course? Is that yeah. part of <laughs> their soccer and training? Begging the guy, you know, <laughs> I want a red card. I want a yellow card. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah oh, it's just funny. Oh, but, that's funny. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's that's awesome. And it's really interesting to see the difference between women's soccer and men's soccer. Mm. Just the sort of the attitudes of the players men when they score a goal they have just been god's gift to the world yeah 
Women, they score a goal? Yeah, I scored a goal. Okay, big deal. Act like you've been here before. <laughs> yeah, get back <laughs> you know? to work. Get back to work. Yeah, the game's not over. It was so <laughs> different, you know. <laughs> it's like, game over. I scored a goal, you know, with uh-huh. the men, you know. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. So if you need if you need a somebody that can teach law and coach soccer. I mean, yes. Yeah. And journalism. <laughs> and journalism. Yeah. I'm yeah. your guy. Or and or radio. Like or that, radio. I mean kids yeah. would love that. Oh, oh, they would be do, yeah. do you have do you have any any do, well, I presume some of you the your schools would have a school paper probably. Oh yeah, yes, yes. We have uh quite a few of our schools. Yes, they run a little school paper. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're really fortunate to have so many just amazing parents with so many gifts and talents and skills and areas yeah. of expertise that, you know, a lot of them do volunteer their time and yeah. in the after school or, you know, whatever. And they run clubs for, you know, like video and technology and graphic design and, you know, kind of all those, yeah. um, all of their areas. And so we're really blessed just to have that, you know, of you know, we welcome our parents, like, come in and teach the kids something, yeah. you know? Well, that's the great part about the Sacramento area is is there are so many parents that have so many skills. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, it's just amazing, all the different professional fields that, that our parents are in. So do you have robotics in elementary school? We do now? have robotics, and we have a couple of a really strong robotic teams. I don't know if you saw, but... Um, St. Francis High School, their all-girls team just won a huge robotics. Yes, yes. So we definitely promote that in our elementary schools. We were just chatting the other day about uh, trying to host sort of a diocesan-wide robotics Uh competition event. Mm -hmm. Because you know you you hosted our Academia this past school year, and we have our Mental Map Bowl. And so anyways, we host a variety of events. So we were just chatting, let's, you know, let's start a robotics competition for our schools that have a team and then obviously that'll hopefully encourage and motivate some of our schools who don't have one you know to join one or you know our our one of the great things about our schools is that um they're really just helpful to one another. So, you know, yeah. any principal can call any principal and say, oh, you know, I heard you started a robotics team. Can we come over and see that so that we can right. see how we can start one at our school? Um, so everyone's just really supportive in that way, which I think is awesome because it just it helps us just grow as a system, you know, yeah. um, and support kids in every way we can. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so anyways, I'll keep you posted if we yeah. end up having a competition. Oh, I'd love to see I that. mean, the kids are just amazing, like the what they can build. I don't and, even know what it is. And I coding don't. and, you know, yeah. even things that they've been coding and things of that nature. They're, they're amazing. They know more than me. That's that's oh, for sure. I, in that, yeah, in that. I, I remember one of my one of my daughters in, in high school at the time was part of the robotics team or whatever it was. And I'd, I'd take her and drop her off and kind of peek in. Uh-huh. You know? And I thought, I would, first off, I'd get electrocuted or something <laughs> if I walked in there. You know, it's like, like don't, don't go near anything. But she loved it. Yeah. Yes. I would not say that that is necessarily my set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> but being, um, being a supporter and a big cheerleader for that, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for those that are, for those that you know, that's their niche. <laughs> so, just yes. Yeah, so re- hiring re- is still happening. So um, anyone can just look, check out the diocesan website or edjoin scd.org scd.org um, or edjoin.org. I think yeah. um, all of our jobs are listed there. They can also always just personally just reach out to us in the catholic schools department here at the sacramento um diocese feel free to give us a call any one of us in the office um you know and then we can help you know figure out like what's what catholic school you're close to um put you in touch with anybody that we think would be helpful um very good yeah catholic high schools too they know that they're still looking for they still have some open positions as well so absolutely excellent yeah Katie, God bless you and all your staff and all those kids and parents, and uh, we'll look forward to a great school year. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to, yes, catching up after everybody's back. Great. That's going to do it for us for today.
Ooh.